Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Uh, you know, I saw a license plate the other day in Milwaukee that said, NK, if you, BK. Man, Banner White, I need to uh, buy up some vials and some Nuck if you buck. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. I think it was for the Milwaukee Bucks, though, Whoopsies. if I had to make a guess. Uh, this is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Sirius XM Channel 80, and, of course, your smart speakers. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin are all out. They're presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Jen Latta. He's Bart Starr. We're holding it down for the guys. Oh, Bart Starr. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Bart Scott, obviously, going back to my Wisconsin no, days. My mom used to call me Bart Starr. Star. Well, yeah, you are a, a star. You I, are a star, I, I used to Bart think, Scott. Yeah, I used to think I was named after him until she was like, no, that's your dad's name. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> you were named after your dad. Probably <laughs> a star as well. He's Bart Scott. I'm Jen Latta. See what happens when I go into autopilot in the morning. Uh, let's talk about those Giants. We just had a conversation of whether or not they are in a win-now situation. I think you got a couple more years. You know, Not a long leash. Not a long leash. But yeah. I don't know if this year is the year that you cut bait on Danny Dimes. But yesterday, the Giants were in the news because, of course, there was a huge team brawl at practice, the first padded practice. Mm-hmm. It started when Evan Ingram retaliated after a late hit to running back Corey Clement. Daniel Jones was pinned during the brawl. He said he wasn't injured in the fight, and he said that players got the message from Judge. Let's hear from Danny Dimes, who downplayed the fight afterward. We're just just competing, and uh, everyone's excited. First day of pads, get out there. We got to do a better job, uh, you know, controlling that and, and making sure we're uh, controlled in our enthusiasm and excitement. Were you, I mean, down to the bottom of the pile of ninety grown men around you like that? Were you? I mean, what were you thinking? <laughs> uh, I was fine. Yeah, I was all good. No problem. What was Joe's message? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. There's consequences for that kind of stuff, and that's the way it is in the game. You know, if you if you lose, you're cool. Um, there's consequences. That hurts the team. So that was the message, and I think everyone understands that. Okay, so head coach Joe Judge got real angry. I mean, the Twitter thread that was kind of announcing this was like, never seen Joe Judge this angry. I know you're a former player. Have you talked to Kevin Benjamin? And this is him, have... This is Tuesday for him. <laughs> but I mean, real, real angry. I mean, to the point where these guys were running sprints, they were doing push-ups, and I know that as a former player, you've been there. You've done the up-downs. You've done the suicides. Do you like this reaction from the head coach? You know, first of all, you know the child abuse I had at the hands of my high school coach? Yes. You know, the things that he, did, sure. that he did to me? Like, this is a nothing burger. Listen, this is what it's all about, right? It's 90-something people there. It's 53 jobs. So, at the end of the day, like, yeah, we're teammates, but you, you in front of me in front of my back. I got a mortgage. I got a family to feed. And listen, you got all these young whippersnappers jacked up on Mountain Dew. And I've been on both sides of it. As an undrafted free agent, I had to go 100,000 miles at every drill. And what happens is the first day of pads, you know, you got these young whippersnappers that's been trying to show and look all. Everybody looks great in the shorts, right? Because it's nothing to grab onto when you're doing drills, one-on-ones. It's no physical consequence. So you better you got to do some certain things on day one of pads, like uh, set the tempo, let you know we can do this the easy way 
of the hard way. So the youngster, if you want to come here all jacked up on Mountain Dew and we're supposed to be fitting up or it's a third drill, but you coming at me like it's live, oh, I'm going to show you what type of camp you about to have because I'm going to knock your head off and let you know that I got that grown man strength that you new to this. I'm true to this. And so you, it's about setting statements. We but you're talking about it from a player standpoint. You're Damn talking straight. about players showing the other guys Damn or the guys behind them on the depth chart that they mean business. Damn right? They're not just going to walk away. But I'm talking about from a coach's standpoint. Do you like the coach? And again, you may man. say this is more of a college mentality. He you know, you got stuff. grown men. He liked this stuff. It's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like when your son getting a trophy for school or your son, you know, getting a fight and he, he handled his business and you got to chastise him because technically it's wrong. But meanwhile, you, 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 you looking at him like, hey, did you win? No, he won. Bet. All right. But you got you to you chastise him. He wants this level of toughness, this level of, of competition. The fact that I'm going at you so hard that I won't take one step back in camp that, listen, if you push me, I'm going to push you. Right now, this is what this is all about. This is about setting the physical tone. And, listen, what you don't want is to get somebody hurt. So it's a fine line between that. If Danny Dimes would have got hurt, it could have ruined their season and they would have had to go to a backup. But if you can get some physicality, if you can set it. It's a, some, uh, a standard. And maybe this is about the offense saying, hey, man, defense, y'all been kicking our ass for two years since I've been here. But listen, now we got new leaders here. We got Galladay. We got some firepower on the offensive side. Y'all ain't about to be pushing us around no more, right? Because it's all about marking your territory and setting the tone. And that's what that was all about. Listen, you think I care about running? I'm a professional athlete. I'm one of the best athletes in the world. You think me running some 100-yard dashes, listen, it's going to hurt me? I can care less. You can work me long, you can't work me hard, right? You can make me run up here a million times. You can't make me run a certain speed. At some point, you know, uh, it gets to the point where I can call the player association and say, hey, man, this dude got his practices too long. So I can care less. And listen, some of the funniest moments of my life has been during fights, right? Because what happens is when you fight, the guy that's fighting is just spending all this energy and it becomes a meme. It becomes hilarious when we have to have the, the running and he's crying and laughing. Like it's all about moments, right? And these, it's like little moments like this that get you through something. Like, oh man, remember old boy slammed you on your neck? Ha ha ha. You know what I mean? Or when, what happened? Remember when you cramped up because you were running and you know, the fat people are the ones who have to deal with it. See, you know, to me, I'm this, little man. See, to me, this goes back to what you mentioned, which is play fast, play fearless, but don't play reckless, right? Yep. Don't make bad decisions. Right. So I want that tenacity. I yeah. want that competitiveness. I want to see that you're the guy who somebody is going to have to rip the job out of your hands mm-hmm. in order to get it. But they wear the red jerseys for a reason, right? It's, it's stop sign. Yeah. Stop sign, right? So if Daniel Jones ends up at the bottom of a pile, somebody did something wrong. Yeah. And that's why I say these one-on-ones, okay, a cornerback and a wide receiver, they start going at it and yeah. jamming each other and pushing each other and stuff. I get it. But if the whole dang team gets in on this and your quarterback is at the bottom of the pile, then you got to say, man, well, well, what did Danny Dimes we invest do? too much money in that position to have him get hurt in a training camp. But what did practice. Danny Dimes do, right? How did he get involved in the scuffle? Because, you know, if you got that red jersey on, you don't need to be breaking nobody up. You don't need to be touching nobody. If a fight break out, you're supposed to run to the corner. Right, you're supposed to go to the respective corner. And you're supposed to get out the way and let the real football players, the real physical guys, handle their business. Because I gotta let this little young dude know that if he blocked me like that again after the player pushed me over the pile of the play, that I'm gonna smack his head off. I don't want to see Joe Judge doing this type of thing during the season. I don't want him, you know, making the guys run and doing push-ups and all yeah. that. But I think during training camp, it's okay to send a message. It's okay to be like, you got to be smarter than that. You got to be sharper than that. Like this is when we fine-tune ourselves for the season. I need you to be better. 
we've all been there, right? And it, like this is a young team, so they're they're emotional, right? Older teams, older vets, man, they're like, man, I'm too tired to be sitting up here wrestling with somebody because you no matter what, the clock stops and you still got to get that same play in. You got 70 play script that you got to go through. You can fight all you want when you guys are finished. I'll be right here on the line, right? Let's get it done, right? So that doesn't matter. Like really, it's about maturing. But right now, it's really not a big deal, right? It's about setting the tone and, and saying, you know what, you're gonna have flares, right? Because you got people that's fighting for their lives, right? They're fighting for their football lives. You know, they're fighting for their dream. And sometimes some guy's going to go a little bit farther than you're willing to go. You got to check them. You know what I mean? You've made jokes that Joe Judge is always mad. How does that work during the season, right? If you can't do anything right, if a guy is always on you, do you, does that start to wear thin? Do you start to tune him out? No, it's white noise. It's white noise, but you don't tune him out because the fact that if he's yelling at you means that you matter. It's when he don't say anything to you, when you know you're going to come in there, they're going to say, hey, man, um, go get your playbook. Coach need to see you, and you know what time it is. Well, right? I've seen so, that on Hard Knocks. Exactly. So you know what time it is. It's when they're not coaching you up, when they're not holding you to a high standard. Like him yelling, you know, that's, that's fine. Right. We've all been yelled at. You know, we've, you know, we've been in this business at this point. When you get to this level, you've been a professional. You've been playing football since you were eight. You've been playing the game since you're about, you know, for 12 years at this point. 12, I guess I wonder years. how much that translates. Like, again, you hear about it in college. You hear about coaches getting on guys and being able to really get in their face and whatnot. But then you talk about the NFL and you've got grown men. And and I wonder if there's some point where you go, man, come on, you be, be, just be quiet. Shut up. Yeah, but, but but when you have a young team, you have guys that are closer to college than you are to professionals. So they're learning how to be professionals, right? And you have to teach them. It's learning lessons and teaching moments like this that you explain to them, this is why we do it. And if y'all want to do that, y'all got all this energy, clearly we ain't practicing hard enough. Clearly you got too much energy. So go ahead and get on the line. Let me get some of that, um, some of that energy out of you guys. And let's see if you can focus while you're tired. Yeah, let's see how they react to it, how they respond to it over there. Sometimes you got got to smack a dude. With the Giants. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting your business with specialized coverages for your commercial vehicles. Find more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. All right, let's talk about the NBA and the association because this NBA free agency frenzy has been a fun one to follow. The Lakers yesterday announced that they are signing Carmelo Anthony. I don't know if that took a lot of people by surprise. Obviously, so many people familiar with the relationship between LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony drafted the same year. They've been pals. They've played together on Olympic teams. They've played together on all-star teams like mm-hmm. in the East back in like 2012-ish around there, yeah. um, but never on the same NBA team. So it's obviously a big day for them. But the Lakers also signed Kendrick Nunn. They re-signed Taylor Horton Tucker. This on the heels, of course, of Russell Westbrook this past weekend. It seems like Mello and Westbrook are, are ring chasing right now. Mm-hmm. You got an issue with that, though. You told me you don't like the ring chasers. Well, not so much, uh, not so much like Westbrook, right? Because, I mean... He, he, he was traded, right? And he's still making a bag, right? Carmelo, right? Veteran minimum, knowing that he's better than For the last veteran. few years. Yeah, but knowing that he's better than that, right? Yeah, at one point, Carmelo was on the streets, and people didn't know if he could play. And Portland kind of revitalized his his um, his position because when he was in Houston, he thought he still was a starter. And that clashed with everybody else there. D'Antoni already had a short lease for him because of their history. So he got rid of him. And, you know, he was out of the league for some months, and we didn't think that Carmelo could still play. But he's accepted his role. He's a great – he's like the microwave Vinny Johnson. He comes in, he's going to give you buckets. And he's a guy that can come off the bench and spark your team. But, you know, at this point, for him to play for the minimum and go jump on the best team, to me that's ring chasing shades of Carl Malone and, Peyton, uh, and, and Gary Payton. And I got an issue with that because, you know, 
he, he's going to be a very small part on if this team wins a championship. And I think Carmelo and who he's been and what he means to this game, he'll much rather have win a game where he's a huge contributor. But at this point, this isn't the narrative where he is in his career. The Brody can still be a big contributor. So that's the big difference because they're expecting a lot of him. Carmelo's just supposed to be, you know, the cherry on top. Yeah, last year, Anthony had one of his most efficient scoring years, 50 field goal percentage, 50% from the floor, which ranks the second best in his career. He's morphed into a useful role player off the bench in limited minutes. And if they can use him that way, I think he can be somebody that they can turn to in certain situations. I'm more interested, of course, in how LeBron and Westbrook play together. Seem to be two guys who like to have the ball in their hands. And if they can figure out a way to coexist on the floor. Now, the interesting thing is, and we put this on the ESPN Milwaukee Excuse me. We put this on the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Mm. You see, I went into autopilot right there again, talking about my own show in ESPN Milwaukee. We put it on the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin poll. We're asking of all the guys out there who are trying to win their first NBA title, who are you rooting for? Who are you pulling for? Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, James Harden, or Paul George? Which player are you rooting for to win their first NBA title? Bart Scott. What say the people? For me, I love... James Harden, because the narrative about, you know, a guy who I think should have one more MVP saying that he isn't a guy that can ever win a championship. At one point, they said that about LeBron, that he was too passive. And, you know, when he threw the ball at Danielle Marshall in the corner and didn't take the big shot. And now that's kind of the narrative about James Harden, that he was a selfish guy. But I think he showed us his levels to this and also showed us that, you know, he can evolve his game when he needed to be. He just didn't have the people um, on his team when he was with Houston that he respected their basketball acumen. But it's a tremendous amount of respect for Kevin Durant and, um, you know, Kyrie Irving, the fact that, you know, Kyrie Irving came to him and said, hey, man, you're the captain here. You're the point guard. I'm going to play off of you because the team is better. Just let you know that he's going to be a major contributor, you know, to a championship team. You know, the Brody, you know, I'm not, not so much. You know, I know that all these guys are trying to position themselves to be on a super team. But I just like James Harden. I like his story. And I think it's time that we, you know, hush this. Because I think if you give him a championship, he, he's going to move, you know, pretty soon to your favorite top ten of basketball players to ever do it. It is on our Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Twitter account. Which player are you rooting for to win their first NBA title? Oh, 50% of people right now are saying Carmelo Anthony. 50%. And that, of course, includes our Stephen A. Smith, who says he is rooting for Melo to succeed in Los Angeles. Of the Banana Boat crew, he's the only one that's never been in the NBA Finals. CP3 was just there. D-Wade got three. LeBron's got four. I want to see Melo in the finals. I'm rooting for the Lakers now more than ever. I'm a New Yorker first, okay? Knicks first, New York always, but damn it, Melo. Who y'all thought, a lot of y'all thought was finished years ago. Look at this brother right here. Big time addition for the Lakers. With AD, with Russ, with LeBron. Melo going to get some open shots now. Look out, y'all. Look out. Congrats to my man, Melo. I'm rooting for this man. Why does he hate James so much? And last I checked, Brooklyn was in New York. Come on, Steve. You can, I don't think you can come like on, the Nets on, if you're a Knicks come fan. Come on, Steve, you're better that than way. that. Can't go across town like that. Uh, if you want to get in on this conversation or any conversation we're having here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, you can let us know. Uh, we take the calls at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We've got Jay in Chicago on the line. Jay, I'm guessing you want to talk about the moves that your Bulls have made. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. Listen, I'll answer your question and I'll get to my point. Um 
Melo could have had a championship if he would have came to Chicago, so bump Melo, okay? <laughs> but let me get to my point. Everybody's talking about L.A. Let me tell you what. Chicago is the winner of free agency right now. On paper, I got Chicago no worse than the fourth seed in the East. I got Brooklyn, <laughs> Milwaukee, and Miami above them. And the only reason I'm saying Brooklyn, I mean, uh, Milwaukee is I'm giving them respect. But the way I look at it is P.J. Tucker left. And you know how when your daddy teaches you how to ride a bike and you're good until he lets go and you realize he's gone and you fall? That's exactly how I think Milwaukee's going to be. Don't disrespect Chicago. And let me ask you one quick question, Bart. Ask me how I feel about this upcoming NBA season. How do you feel about this upcoming season, sir? Can't wait. <laughs> Ten cent. I tell you what, I mean, you can look at, I mean, you can look at arguably what Washington has done and saying Washington may be able to push the Bulls. I think they're pretty similar. You, I think we just look at the fact that, you know, that Russell left. You didn't look at what they got in return. Montrez Hurl, who has been an all-star in this league. Kuzman, who's a guy who's been about potential. But also Bradley Bill is there, and maybe that's enough to make him, make him stay. But, you know, I don't know if this moves and the moves that Chicago has made will put them above Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia, I think, is a better team. You know, we talk about Ben Simmons. We don't know where that's going to go. But Tobias Harris is still there. Andre Drummond, who's another big body to replace Dwight Howard. And Joel Embiid, if it would have stayed healthy, would have been the MVP of the league. So I'm not ready to push Chicago. Like I, like I said, I still got him seven for eighth in the East. And people forget about how good Charlotte was before LaMelo got injured and all the depth that they have there in Bridges and, and, and Rozier and Hayward coming back healthy. That's the team. So, hey, listen – just because they've had the most exciting offseason, that's because they had a lot of holes and they needed to improve. Yeah. The other teams didn't need to make those type yeah. of moves, those splashy moves, because they were already solidified and a little bit ahead of them in their process as far as their rebuild. It kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier today about how the Steelers, you know, they said that they had the least impressive offseason. Yeah. Well, the Steelers didn't have to do a whole They're 11 time. 11-0. All of a sudden, the Jaguars are like, oh, they had the most impressive offseason. Yeah, you had the number one overall pick. Oh, the Jets had one of the most impressive offseasons. Yeah. Oh, you had the number two pick. Like, I see where we're going here. Similarly, in the NBA, all guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. That's where we heard from Jay. I do think that Jay in Chicago was overestimating P.J. Tucker's influence. And not influence, but contributions yeah, no points. a little he wasn't, he wasn't Drew High. He, wasn't he Drew was a black hole offensively, okay? Yes, he played tenacious defense, and he held some guys in check. He played good defense. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, I mean, man, he really he really held Kevin Durant down. He only uh, averaged 45 no, for the series. Very, that's a very good like, point. I mean, he played great defense out there, and he had that, that tenacity, that nastiness that you got to bring to the NBA Finals. The presence. But, again, we brought him in as a, as a Bucks, you know, reporter. We brought him in as a – Corner three specialist, yeah. and he averaged he less Bowen, than yeah. one three per game. He was supposed to be Bruce Bowens. He was supposed to be at a lockdown, you know, the wings and, and be be multiple, be great in pick and roll. He's supposed to knock it down like the like the um, bow tie brother we got in Bruce Bowens. He didn't live up to that part of it. And listen, he got out of town in the right time. He sees the trend going. He knows how hard it is to repeat. You, know, you put him out there with, with, with Miami, and now instead of having one dog, they, their whole starting five had plays tonacious defense, whether it's Lowry, whether it's Bam out of Bayou. So I think he'll fit right in there. You know, I just worry about PJ and South Beach. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of distractions out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I have said, you know, 
know, I never discount. They got Marquise Morris. I never discount oh, they got the goon Pat squad. Riley after the team disappoints, which the Miami Heat did last year, yeah. getting bounced in the first round That's by the Milwaukee change. Bucks. Um, we will continue talking about the NBA and all of the free agent frenzy, but go ahead and weigh in on that poll question. Which NBA player are you rooting for to win his first NBA title? The obvious answers are... Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, and James Harden. Go ahead and weigh in on that. Uh, let's see here. We've got calls coming in. Keep getting us your calls. Broderick in Atlanta. You're on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Bart Scott and Jen Latta filling in. Good morning, Broderick. Hey, how's it going? What's up? Good. Hey, yeah, I only want to weigh in on the, on the Lakers addition uh, with Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, I just feel like this one was a, a great pickup for him with addition with LeBron uh, with the Banana Boat crew. Uh, I'm trying to see exactly how him and Westbrook are going to fit in and complement together. Or is Carmelo going to come off the bench or is they're going to put him in the starting lineup? Yeah, Carmelo's definitely coming off the bench. That's a role in which he's thrived in, had one of his best seasons in a long time, averaging 13 points, shooting over 50%. But when you talk about Westbrook, I think we had the same questions about how was Rondo going to fit because Rondo was a guy that couldn't shoot. You know, he shoots a little bit better than Westbrook, but we had those same issues. What Rondo provided for LeBron was the opportunity to take a break, right? LeBron, we saw LeBron not playing as great defense as he's used to because he has to take time off because he has to facilitate the offense and initiate the offense. But you get a guy like the Brody who's averaged a triple-double for three years of his career. He's able to and capable of facilitating the offense and bringing the ball up, which takes a lot out of a guy like LeBron at his advanced age now. So it gives him a blow, and then the Brody, when LeBron's not on there, can kind of set the tempo, start the fast break. He's a guy that still plays at a high level. He's a guy that plays with tremendous energy and, and, and competitive. So I think that's really what Westbrook's going to do. They'll figure some time out to kind of you know put LeBron on the bench early, let him get an early blow, and let you know the Brody be aggressive because they occupy the same space. Right, you know, LeBron's a better shooter, but you know, being able to get into the paint where Anthony Davis lives, you know, is going to be where Westbrook lives as well. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Bart Scott. I'm Jen Latta holding down the fort. You can give us a call, weigh in on any conversation we're having. We're asking you which NBA player will win an NBA title first. Chris Paul, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, or James Harden. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We are heading to Cleveland with a full report from Brown's camp. That is next. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hand off Chubb. He'll try to pick up the first and more. Breaks three at the 45, 40, near sideline, 30, 20. Hits him goodbye. He's gone. Touchdown, Chubb. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. 
The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Let's get to a little sports center right now. Sydney McLaughlin wins the world, I'm sorry, sets the world record to win the 400-meter hurdles at the Summer Olympics. The 21-year-old from New Jersey won the gold medal. She finished in 51.46 seconds. Also in Tokyo, Team USA's women's basketball team defeated Australia 79-55. They move on to the quarterfinals. Stateside, it was a very busy day in the NBA. Stephen Curry gets a four-year, $215 million extension from the Warriors, as expected. Curry is the first player in history to sign multiple $200 million contracts. And staying in the West, the Lakers agree to a one-year free agency contract with Carmelo Anthony. Anthony is, of course, an 18-year veteran, a 10-time All-Star, but he has never made it to the NBA Finals. SportsCenter is brought to you by Goodyear. Movement is always driving us forward, whether it's on the track, the court, or on the field. Every move we make, every road we choose to go down, and every single mile marker we pass leads us to find out just how far we can go. Goodyear, more driven. NFL Training Camp 2021 with Keyshawn Johnson, the Cleveland Browns. Woo, Baker Mayfield. In his awesome, awesome wide receiving tandem of Landry and OBJ coming off an ACL. People are going to be watching this close come training camp. What is Baker Mayfield like now that OBJ is back? We know what they have in terms of running the ball. We know what they have on the perimeter in Landry and OBJ. Can Baker Mayfield have a successful second season in Kevin Stefanski's offense? Pay attention on the defensive side. Bringing in Jadavion Clowney opposite of Miles Garrett. That can be a force in a tandem that we hadn't seen for many years in the National Football League. This is the biggest season ever. The countdown to the NFL season continues. Weekday mornings with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Oh, yeah. Man, my DJ's better than your DJ. You know what I'm saying? I talk about it. He just bring it up. The Rock Boys in the building tonight. You are listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Bart Scott. I'm Jen Ladd, and not to be confused with Bart Starr, although you good. are a star, Bart Scott. You know what I'm saying? That's how I roll. You should be Bart I mean? the Star, Scott. Uh, man, we, we, you know, to, from your lips to God's ears. We are joined Y'all by- hear that ESPN? You hear that, Norby? She said, I'm a star. We are joined by another star here at ESPN, our ESPN NFL insider, Dan Graziano. You can find him on Twitter at Dan Graziano ESPN. He is coming to us live. Well, he's not at camp now, but are you in the hotel? Not yet. You're in the hotel. You're heading out to training camp. 
All right. So what are the Browns? Right after I'm done here, heading over there. Right over there. Just racing right out of the hotel room. I got you. What are the Browns saying about having OBJ back together with Baker Mayfield, Dan? Well, they're excited about it. Uh, I talked to Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, yesterday and asked him about Odell coming back off the injury. He said, we're bringing him along appropriately. He said, I don't want to say slowly because he's doing a lot in practice and he'll get into some team drills next week. But, you know, they want to make sure they do right by him and that knee. And uh, they feel like once he's back healthy and the doctors have cleared him to play in games, they're going to have something that they didn't have last year, even in the second half when the passing game started to catch up to the run game a little bit in the first year under Stefanski. They feel like Odell Beckham gives them a downfield threat that they didn't have uh, even when they were functioning at their best last year. So they're excited to get him back with Baker Mayfield, and and they think that um, the second year for Baker in Stefanski's offense, it'll show up in that uh, connection with Odell Beckham that was missing early last year. Well, that's the elephant in the room, right, Dan? Because the fact is, it seems yes. like Baker Mayfield game went to another level when they ran when they ran it through the running game. And how do you find that that necessary balance where Odell feels included, but also that you do what's best for the for the for the football team? I know it's important for him to get his touches, but you know they had some guys emerge. T. Higgins is one that you know that Odell Beckham may have to fight for some reps with. Well, uh, yeah, look, they have Landry, and they brought back Rashard Higgins. They drafted a guy named Anthony Schwartz uh, in the middle rounds who's a, a, a speed guy. So they feel like – Stefanski feels like with Schwartz and Odell, there's a downfield speed element that, that uh, you know, as, as, as much as he liked the guys they had last year, they really don't offer that. So – Uh, Yes, Baker improved in the second half after Odell got hurt. The Browns continue to insist that that's because he he caught up. He learned the offense. Stefanski said we always knew in year one that run game would be ahead of the passing game, especially with no offense. You know, they they have the offensive line that's built for it. They have Nick Chubb. They have Kareem Hunt. The run game was going to work. Baker had to get up to speed in the offense, and they really believe that what you saw in the second half was not an issue of it got better without Odell. It was an issue of it got better because everybody was more comfortable in it. Remember, no offseason. Training camp was kind of weird last year. Uh, It took a while for a lot of people with new stuff to get up to speed. Well, with that being said, then the expectations are going to be even higher than it was last year. At what point do they say, you know what, maybe we need to pay um, Baker Mayfield now because the price is only going to go up, and if he wins the division, then he, you know let's let's let him set the market and not re- have to respond to whatever Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson gets. Because if Baker takes him farther than those guys this season, he's going to want to be elevated and, and get more money than those guys are getting. Sure, and I would think the Browns would tell you that that would be a great problem to have, right? If they don't get Baker done and he goes out and wins MVP and they go to the Super Bowl, now they have to pay him more, like, you know, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. I think the Browns would be happy because that would mean something special happened here this year. So uh, they could get this done at some point this offseason or this season. It's possible. I, I I know they don't feel like they have to. You know, he has the fifth-year option for 2022. You can always franchise him in 23. So that he's still under contract for a while. So there have been talks. But, you know, talking to people around the league in these situations, it doesn't sound like this one or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson are very, very close to being done. You go back a couple years when the Eagles extended Carson Wentz and the Rams extended Jared Goff. And, you know, two years later, those guys are both traded out, and maybe they regret doing that. The Rams would tell you they read the market right. They knew that Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were going to get market-busting deals the following summer, and they did. 
I don't know that you look ahead to next summer and fear that if you're the Browns or the Bills or the Ravens. There is not a superstar. I mean, Aaron Rodgers will probably get a new deal, but that's a, a different kind of thing. It's not like a young superstar quarterback about to break the bank and reset the market. And I think that may be another reason why some of these teams hesitate. He is our ESPN NFL insider, Dan Graziano, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. He's Bart Scott. I'm Jen Latta. Okay, obviously they invested heavily in their defense, right? I mean, you talk about Greg Newsome and you talk about Jeremiah yes. Owusu-Koromoa. What can we realistically expect from them on that side of the ball this year? I think that is when you talk to people here on the coaching staff in the front office, that's the big question they want to get answered this camp, how that defense comes together. And so much of that is about learning and the communication. That's why the safety, John Johnson, that they signed from the Rams was so important to them as an acquisition in free agency because he has the ability at, at that position to be a, a communicator and help get guys lined up, uh, you know, real good locker room guy, real good on-field leader. So they feel like that's a guy that, that was key to their offseason. They knew they were going to have to revamp the defense. It wasn't good enough last year. Uh, and what happens up front with Clowney, do they have enough in the middle of the defensive line? They have a lot of questions on that side of the ball. They feel like they have the kinds of players that can help them answer those questions, but here we are August, whatever, 4th, they have a ways to go, and they're still putting it together on that side of the ball. So I wonder, like, we know what, you know what our expectations are for the Cleveland Browns. How are they preparing to handle the expectations of being the hunted and not the hunter because they're not going to creep up on anybody. Everybody respects, you know, the depth and the quality of this, yeah. of this roster, but can they live up to the expectation? Are they prepared for it? And what and are, and are they talking about it in camp? I think that's where the leadership uh, aspect comes in. When you talk about the head coach, Kevin Stefanski, the GM, Andrew Berry. I mean, these are very, if you talk to these guys, very even keel people, right? And they're very, you know, they, they have a very sort of calm communication style. And I think that has set a tone here. Look, I was, a, I was here at Brown's camp a couple of years ago, the Freddie Kitchens year. And obviously things got very chaotic that season and a lot of people got fired. There's a different feeling around this team. I mean, that, that, that there's just a, sort of this sense of professionalism and, and, you know, not to insult anybody who was here, but, I mean, there's just a different kind of vibe about, yeah, they think they're good. They, they're not getting too excited because, you know, they know they have a lot to prove. They still did lose to the Chiefs last year in the playoffs, and they know they have to get over that hump. But I think the right tone is being set by the people in charge to, to sort of combat what you're talking about, Bart, in terms of uh, do you get too excited about the expectations? He's Dan Graziano, joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Always a pleasure, Dan. Great to have you on the show. Have a great day, man. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Bart. So last season, the Browns reached the playoffs for the first time since 2002. You referenced that, obviously, Bart, snapping the longest active playoff drought in the NFL, looking to reach the playoffs in consecutive seasons for the first time, Bart, since 1985 to 1989, five straight seasons. Then not only did they reach the playoffs last season, but they won their first playoff game since the 1994 season, snapping the third longest active drought without a playoff win in terms of years. Very quickly to you, this is a playoff team, right? No, this is definitely a playoff team. Uh, it's just a division winner. That's what we're asking. I think, you know, you have to understand how the Ravens and the Steelers view 
the the the, the Browns. They always believe that the Browns right. are going to Brown, right? So, you know, I think, you know, the, the Steelers and the Ravens will be the last two teams that realize how good they are or how good they aren't because there's no fear factor there. They, they're not afraid of Chubb. They're not afraid of anything that the Browns have because they have a total lack of respect for them. I mean, and for all the Brown fans out there, they would argue that they have been to the playoffs in multiple back-to-back seasons. They just call the Baltimore Ravens a true Cleveland Browns team. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Sirius XM Channel 80, and of course, your smart speakers. Next up, it is your turn to weigh in. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on your smart speakers. All you have to do is say, play ESPN Radio. Coming up today on the Max Kellerman Show, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. As our countdown to the NFL season continues, Justin Herbert. Today at 210 Eastern with Max Kellerman on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Mm. I'm starting to get our DJ too. See, Quavo is known around the circles as a baller. He like Prince. He like the Prince of Rap. Like, pull up on Quavo. Quavo can ball. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he puts Quavo because we about to transition to basketball. And I tell you what, man, I get better and better every day for working with this company. He's Bart Scott. I'm Jen Latta. We're holding it down for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. If you want to get in on the conversation, you can join us on the Goodyear hotline. That number, of course, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And you're right. We are going to talk about the association because the free agent frenzy continued yesterday. And one of the biggest splashes, of course, was made by the Lakers who signed Carmelo Anthony. Now, Carmelo Anthony is 37 years old. And I saw an awful lot of jokes, Bart Scott, about how old this Lakers team yeah. is. I mean, jokers about walkers with tennis balls type of things, okay? Yeah. <laughs> is this something that the Lakers really need to be worried about? And we're going to get to your calls in just a moment, so if you want to weigh in on this, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That, of course, is the Goodyear hotline. I mean, LeBron is trying to win going against a trend, right? 
you know, most people are trying to go young. He's trying to go old. He's trying to go with known commodities, guys that he can trust, guys that he are fr- he's friends with. And I think LeBron is starting to see his mortality, right? We saw all the greats, right, guys who have been Iron Man like Kobe, you know, guys that get to the end of their career. has always been something that you can just pencil in. Carl Malone, Gary Payton, you know, suddenly started to get hurt. And LeBron, even though it was a freak accident, I don't think it was a wear and tear type of thing, he's understanding that he needs somebody to carry him now. But instead of deciding to go with a bunch of young guys with energy. He wants to go with guys that understands how to play collectively as a group and guys that he thinks that has the basketball acumen that can figure it out how to win. Now it's different, right? Because now you're talking about depending on a bunch of old guys and hoping that, you know, one of them don't come to work one day and say, Oh, I got back spasms. That's just what happens to old people, right? They wake up and they injure. They really don't know why, you know, they're injured. And so like, you know, you hope you put a lot on Brody, who's I guess somewhere in between, you know, 32 years old, hoping that he still has some prime years where he can carry a team. But LeBron needs a break. You know, too much is put on LeBron. You know, and he's played de facto GM, but he's put too much on his plate. He thought that Anthony Davis can be, can be one of those stars that could be counted, but he's a beautifully flawed you know, uh, superstar, right? He's a guy that very rarely plays the entire season. This is load management season written all over it. And I guess the commissioner can't complain because technically you have 15 or, or eight-time All-Stars playing. It's just been eight to ten years ago. So I guess you can't talk about star power, taking stars, taking time off. There is no question this Lakers roster has LeBron's fingerprints all over it. But if you want authority, if you want input, if you want autonomy over the personnel, then you're going to get finger pointing if your ideas don't work. And look, LeBron has never shied away from that, never shied away from the criticism, but it is kind of the double-edged sword. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin is brought to you by DoorDash. We'll get into that in just a moment, but let's continue taking your calls here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Steven in New York, you're on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, but we're Bart Scott and we're Jen Latta. Good morning, Steven. Good morning. How are you? We're good. Uh, so, I, yeah, he just touched on it right there, I think, just a second ago about the, uh, the acumen of these players. Uh, it, it's super important that, to be able to have been there before, to be able to operate really well under that microscope of the giant limelight. I mean, Melo's, Melo's been there. We all saw what Melo did in the Olympics. Uh, I think he's really going to open up the perimeter and stuff. And uh, but I think this is uh, this is kind of you know universal. If you have a star that LeBron James has, like Tom Brady last year. When he showed up and he brought one guy, then guess what? Other people started calling. It's not going to be hard for them to get legs or defense, you know, out of young guys who want to come over. People are going to get unhappy early in the season on other teams. I mean, I see this as being a real threat. And other people who don't, they want to make jokes about age and this and that. Guess what? 37-year-olds can hit three-pointers all day long, and Melo's got it. So I think it's a, I think it's a good move. They're going to be dangerous. Yeah, the, the problem is, like, if they would have hired another old guy instead of Melo, I thought maybe he would have fit a little better. If they would have found a guy like J.J. Reddick, somebody who lives in Brooklyn, who may want to go over there to the Nets because he wants to be close to home. You know, if they got somebody like that, a deadly sharpshooter, because we saw last year when teams started to, to sag off on defense and pretty much take away the lanes for LeBron, he needs spacing so that he can take advantage of that. He needs spot-up shooters. You know, Carmelo is that, but he all, he also is a defensive liability. Now, he's much better in defense, but he's not a guy that you think is going to let, you know, lock down his defender, you know, that way. So you want somebody that's a guard that's going to open things up. And I don't know if Carmelo offers that. They, they maybe try and go get some more, you know, some more shooting. 
But, you know, I'd much rather them would have got like a Kyle Korver type of player that can open everything up, a Ray Allen, somebody that LeBron, you know, has floors with. And he's trying to put a team together like he had the year before because he tried to go with the youth movement. And he realized that, you know, guys like the Dwight Howard, the guys like McGee was more important to yeah. the championship than what he believed. He thought they were expendable, and now he tried to put them back together and brought Dwight Howard back. Well, and listen, guys know what they're getting when they sign up with LeBron. Yeah. I mean, he is going to hold you accountable. Right. He's going to he get all the credit. That's what he's going to get. crazy work ethic, and he is going to expect you to come with the same level of work ethic every single day but I think a guy like Mello who's been friends with LeBron for years and years and years entered the league in the same draft class back in 2003 he knows what he's getting into veteran minimum he's been taking that for the last few years I think he's going to be happy hanging out with his guy I think they're going to push each other I think it can be a very good situation like you said they're obviously adding spacers they're obviously adding shooters to fill out the roster they're obviously looking for guys who are willing to take that vet minimum that's the weird balance the weird form the weird recipe that the Lakers have yeah. to subscribe to this year. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, right? Because you think about, like, are, is Carmelo that much more of an upgrade or is he an upgrade at all other than Marquise Morris, right? Because you think similar type of player, you think Marquise got a little bit more life left into his legs. He was a good three-point shooter, but he was a, he was a guy that was a 3 and D guy as well. So, you know, now LeBron's trying to have interchangeable pieces and he's trying to get guys to take discounts. I just don't know if he has enough guys to take discounts or if he got enough young guys there. It's going to be crazy, right? When you think about this team and you think about the fact that they're going to get the 1996 Bulls treatment because it's, it's a star power, what they've been, but they're going to get every team's best, you know, best shot because, you know, if, if you were as a guy that grew up and you start playing basketball in college like in 2010 and above, then these were your idols, your heroes. And nobody loved – people loved taking down their heroes and saying, hey, man, did you see what I did to this guy? I mean, you look, think about Allen Iverson and what he did to Jordan with the killer crossover. Guys are going to be trying to make these guys memes, and they're not the players that they used to be, and they're going to have to deal with that same energy of guys coming at them. You know, we remember John Morat coming at, at James Harden and talking to him like, you better know, like guys and young guys are going to get up for these guys. It is not just Carmelo. It is not just Russell Westbrook. The Lakers also signing Kendrick Nunn to a two-year, $10 million prove-it deal. He turned down significantly more money to chase a ring. His role will predominantly be a shooter. You also got Malik Monk also a shooter. You got Taylor Horton Tucker, who's expected to have a bigger role this year. So again, clearly adding guys, minimum contracts who want to win a championship. We will continue taking your calls here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin with Bark Scott and Jen Latta. But first, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin is brought to you by DoorDash. It's the summer of Door Pass, and members are getting $10 off groceries, alcohol, and pet food because... Summer. Try Door Pass for free and get year-round savings, exclusive menu items, and zero delivery fees now in the DoorDash app. Terms and conditions apply. So I asked you this very quickly, Bart, and I know that's tough for you. Do they win it? Can they win it? They're putting all these pieces together. Can LeBron and company do it? No, it never ends like we expect. We've been trying to get a Brooklyn Lakers um finals for like a couple of years. I, I think, you know, they run out of steam and, you know, somebody gets hurt because they old. All right, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and, of course, your smart speakers. Keep getting us your calls. We're taking them all morning long, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. He's Bart Scott. I'm Jen Latta. We're holding it down for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guys, the NFL season starts tomorrow night. We'll tell you what to expect from the Steelers and the Cowboys. That and more coming up on KJZ on ESPN Radio. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.